BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. After university, I went to work in New York. I was 23, 24 in New York. This is a time where you should be out a lot in New York City at 23. But I remember my friends saying, come on, it's Saturday night, let's go out. And I was just composing alone at home. Hey guys, welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the best-selling beauty products and the damn good stories behind them. We're your hosts, Carlene Higgins and Jill Dunn. Welcome back to another episode of Breaking Beauty Podcast. You're a longtime listener, we know, but just in case on the off chance somebody is listening for the very first time, I'm Carlene Higgins and this is my co-host Jill Dunn. Hey and, everyone. And we are two longtime beauty editors with a face for radio, as Jill hey likes now, to say. Hey now, but <laughs> we do clean up nice once in a while with the help of a lot of beauty products. Uh, but anyway, if you guys want to see what we look like, head on over to our Instagram and that's at Breaking Beauty Podcast. And we're always sharing like product reviews on there, behind the scenes moments of filming. Uh, oh, and the contest. The contest. They're the honestly events. so good. Yeah. You don't want to miss out yeah, on no. those at all. You do not. Um, and join us in our private Facebook group too. We have a lot of fun in there. Just search for Breaking Beauty Podcast on mm -hmm. Facebook. We share teasers of upcoming guests and polar audience about what you want to hear. And that actually sort of informed today's episode. That's right. We have a founder episode on on the mic, we will have Killian Hennessy. He launched a line of niche luxe fragrances called by Killian back in 2007. And it was recently acquired by Estee Lauder Companies. This brand, it's all unisex fragrances and it's definitely, definitely an indie darling. It's really special. Its scents are not shy um, and it's definitely luxurious and the price points reflect that. Mm -hmm. They ring in around $300 a bottle up to $800 a bottle. There are some travel sizes that you can get in on for a little bit less, but but this is definitely luxury. Yeah. So if you're one of those people in our chat room who was saying that mm -hmm. you wanted more fragrance. Um, we are delivering. On the episode, we are delivering today, honey. Mm -hmm. So the tagline of this brand is called Perfume as an Art. And it really holds up to that name because the bottles themselves, they are so gorgeous. Also, they have these carrying cases that yeah. some of the perfumes come in and it's like a clutch that you can reuse and take to a party. Yeah, there's like tassels on them. You will want to do yeah, you will want to do like an unboxing properly when you get this. This is like such a good gifting for 
fragrance yeah, line. That's true. Yeah. So it's been around for a while. I think a lot of beauty editors have known about this um, line of fragrances, but it kind of popped off more online and started making headlines a couple of years ago because apparently Rihanna, this is one of her favorite fragrances, comes from By Killian. It's called Love Don't Be Shy. And that was really kind of controversial because, of course, she's got her own beauty contract. Mm-hmm. So she's mm-hmm. not really supposed to be talking about this. So she's not an official spokesperson or anything, but you can Google it. You'll see. Yeah. And I don't even think that she's been on the record herself saying yeah. that she uses this, but I know there's been a lot of interviews done and people talk about how good Rihanna smells. Yeah. And, and so, so somebody on her, like an insider, yeah. spilled it. These scents have an addictive quality to them mm-hmm. and they are very unique. They are complex yeah. in the best way possible. It's yeah. almost like old school perfumery. It's so true. And That's a, throw, a good way to put a it. A throwback to things that are not just like single notes and splashes. These have a depth to them that yeah. only like a very keen nose can craft. Yeah. And also, um, you know, when, just going back to Rihanna's fragrance for a second, like that's a serious gourmand. Yeah. I mean, you smell it and it's just, it really is like something that you want to eat or as Killian says, it's something you want to take a bite out of. And that's not something that everybody loves. Like no. some people are really turned off by that's that and that's me. okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at some of the most iconic scents in the world and they took risks like that. So I like that Killian is out there doing that. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, the bestseller, I would say, is probably the easiest of the entire collection to wear. It's called Good Girl Gone Bad. Coincidentally, not coincidentally, (laughs) the name of Rihanna's album back in 2007, but I digress. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's kind of a, wouldn't you say that's like a lighter one to wear? It's like a crowd-pleasing white floral, very beautiful, still complex, Mm -hmm. but much more easy, easier on the nose, I guess, more of an everyday scent. I'm wearing it right now. It's very beautiful and yeah. soft yeah. and the, the packaging is absolutely stunning as well. And so Killian is going to tell us about more in detail about the notes and what makes that so unique because mm-hmm. he's definitely after crafting these very original fragrances. Um, the brand is also launching a brand new scent. Mm-hmm. It is, I think it's already online right, right now, but it's rolling into stores in October. It's called Rolling in Love and it's a complete departure, he says, from anything that the brand has put out so far, which I think is upwards of 35 cents now. Yeah. And it's all red. It's very bold very striking. You went to the launch last Yeah, I did. And everybody was wearing red. Of course, I couldn't get my shit together to like, you know, live up to the dress code (laughs) of red cocktail attire. I'm wearing it again today. I really like this. It definitely has lasted on me. It is meant to sort of like mesh with your skin and be Mm -hmm. a bit of a second skin effect. So I am a fan of it. Another thing that's really cool that By Killian has launched, and you mentioned red last night. So Mm -hmm. last year, By Killian launched a range of scented lipsticks. How novel is that? Yeah. Every shade is red. It's that gorgeous matte pure pigment, which I love. That's his favorite color. Yeah, I tried them. I tried them last night and I I thought of you because they are this matte and rich pigment and they're, they are works of art, the tubes themselves Mm -hmm. and you, who wouldn't want to pull it out at a dinner party. They're absolutely stunning. So that was his first foray into makeup. We did ask if there's more to come. You're going to have to stay tuned until the very end to find out. We're not going to give that away just yet. Yeah. And I think even if you're not a huge fragrance lover, you are going to love his story. Mm -hmm. He has a lot of family pedigree. He has a famous 
last name. Yeah. Hennessy of the LVMH as in Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy family, cognac. Mm-hmm. So a lot of his scents and bottles look like booze bottles, frankly, and definitely take some inspiration from there. We knew that there was going to be a lot of great stories behind someone who has such a famous last name. So let's start there with his childhood growing up in the French region of Cognac. And here he is, Killian Hennessy. My name is Killian Hennessy, and I am the founder and creative director of By Killian Perfumes. And today, actually, beauty. <laughs> mm, so exciting. So whenever we interview someone, we also want to know a little bit about their childhood and their growing up. And given that you're, a, you know, in the fragrance business, if you could bottle your upbringing, what would it smell like and why? Well, there's three scents really that come to my mind growing up. One was the scent of tuberous flower because all the women in my life always and only wear tuberous-based perfumes. Hmm. My mother only wore tuberous, her sister, um, my grandmother, my wife today. Like, I feel like I cannot get away from tuberous. What, what were they wearing? These must have been classic So scents. back then, it was fracas from Piguet. Okay. My grandmother was wearing poison from Dior. Mm. Today, today, my mother uh, is wearing uh, Beyond Love Prohibited, which is part of my collection. Mm-hmm. And my wife wears a bespoke perfume that I made for her for our wedding day, uh, built on tubereuse, jasmine, and daffodil. So I would say tuberous is a big part of it. Yeah. Uh, this probably the scent of the cognac cellars, mm-hmm. which is um, oak, scent of oak bubble drenched in alcohol and sugar. And then there's another scent that comes to my mind, which is a combination of eau sauvage from Dior mm-hmm. mixed with pipe tobacco. Mm. Because my grandfather used to wear eau sauvage. He actually had those big bottles and he was the he would wet his hair with eau sauvage. And when I would see him in the morning, he would always be with his um pipe smoking um tobacco smoking tobacco pipe. Yeah. And there was a special combination of those two together. So these tuberous tobacco pipe and cognac cellars would be did you ever play hide and seek in those cognac cellars? That's what I picture when you say uh, growing up around the cognac well, cellars. Well, no, that was not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. So what was your house like? I know you had a really famous family. Back in the 80s, there were still big balls in Paris. So I remember my mother, when she would go out, there was a lot of feathers in the hair and big hair too and, and uh, fur. And I mean, it was a bit... It was over the top mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wish that we would bring back. Yeah. You know, this feeling of a bit over the top parties. Absolutely. 80s excess. Yeah. Who um, doesn't love that? Yeah. So your late grandfather was the founder of LVMH, Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy. And he was also Killian Hennessy, we read. So what does the name Killian mean? It's an Irish name. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the founder of Hennessy, his name was Richard Hennessy, was an Irish soldier who came from Ireland to fight under Louis XV in the French army. And after the war, he settled in the region of Cognac in Charente, and he started a business that we used the business, the local business, and the local business was Cognac. Mm. Mm-hmm. So um, we always we have this Irish. 
blood in our veins. When you look at me, you don't look, I, look, I don't look too much Irish. No. But you would see my brother and sisters, they have, they're more blonde with freckles. Jill, I am obsessed with this fragrance story because I love how it's just taking me away. I'm feeling French. I'm deep in the cognac cellars. But just like when you're sniffing a lot of fragrances and you need to give your nose a break, you sniff coffee beans. It's kind of like a palate cleanser. We're going to take a break right now to shout out one of our show sponsors. On that note, I am literally sniffing coffee right this very minute. I've got my Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee with Lion's Mane and Chaga in hand. It tastes so good. I can actually drink this one black. Oh, really? In the blend of coffee with the Chaga and Lion's Mane mushrooms. Honestly, it's my morning go-to to kickstart productivity. It's great for brain health and it's made with 100% Arabica beans. Well, I'm drinking the Mushroom Hot Cocoa Mix with Reishi. By the way, neither of these taste anything like like mushrooms. Good point. <laughs> um, I'm trying to stay away from having sweets when I hit the three o'clock wall. So I'm kind of cheating because this is sweet, but actually it's not too sweet. And it's good because it's got the reishi in it, which is said to help with sleep and mild stress. And that also works really well for me because if I were to have a strong coffee in the middle of the afternoon, guess who would not be sleeping that night? Me. You need that beauty rest, so can't risk it. Mm -mm. Um, And it's so easy to use. I love that you can tote a packet of this around with you. All you do is rip open the packet, pour it into a mug, Add some boiling hot water and boom, you have your perfect cuppa. Great for your lazy slash busy lifestyle, wouldn't you say? It's (laughs) like you know me. And uh, for all of our listeners out there, we have a special offer from Four Sigmatic. So you can receive 15% off your Four Sigmatic purchase when you go to foursigmatic.com slash beauty or use the discount code beauty at checkout exclusively for Breaking Beauty listeners. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash B-E-A-U-T-Y or use the discount code beauty at checkout. We'll link to that in our show notes. Now back to today's episode. An early age, did you know that you wanted to go into perfumery or did you go to university? Tell us a little bit about your journey to get where you are now. No, actually, no. Um, I discovered perfume by luck. I mean, I used to wear perfume when starting at 14, 15, but I think like every teenager. What was your scent then? Um, vetiver from Guerlain mm-hmm. and Puranum from Caron. There was not a lot of choices back then, you know. Mm. But uh, in college, during my fifth year in the university, we had to write a thesis. And I chose perfume simply because I just did an internship at Kenzo Perfume two months before. So I was like, ah, oh, I have a bit of, documentation on perfume, it's going to go quicker. Well, didn't quick at all, because the more I dived into it, the more I realized that if I wanted to write the thesis that I, sh- I, I thought we should, I should write, then I needed to do a no school in parallel with my fifth year in college, which I did. Mm-hmm. And when I started this uh, training program, the first day, first hour, I was hooked immediately. You always hear that if you can find a job where you could actually pay to do it, then you actually would never work one day in your life. Yeah, that's such a great expression. And that was exactly that for me. Mm-hmm. I even remember when I, um, after university, I went to work in New York. I was 23, 24 in New York. This mm-hmm. is a time where you should be out a lot in New York City at 23. Mm-hmm. But I remember my friends saying, come on, it's Saturday night, let's go out. And I was just 
composing alone at home. Wow. Because it just felt, I just needed that more. Wow. And then you went and trained under some really famous noses. That's yeah, the, I got really lucky. the term in the business. So yeah. they're really the, as you say, composers of the fragrance. Correct. Who taught you the most and what was the lesson, the biggest lesson? Oh, by 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 far, Jacques Cavalier. So that's a funny story. When I when I when I was writing my thesis, I needed to meet someone, a perfumer. And my grandfather was a very good friend with the president of one of the big perfume houses named Firmenich. Mm-hmm. And so he set up the, the meeting. I go see this president, who was kind of a older gentleman, but quite funny. And he said, okay, okay, I, I see you need to do an interview of one of my perfumers, but I'm not going to ask one of my master perfumer to lose an hour with you mm-hmm. and those questions. So he called a young perfumer at the time. He was only 31 or 32 years old. And who came up? Jacques Cavalier. Mm. And Jacques Cavalier, obviously, today is one of the greatest knows in the in the industry and the in-house perfumer at Louis Vuitton. Mm. And uh, Jacques became my teacher and my mentor for the following 10 years. Yeah. And what's one thing you learned from him that you will never forget? When you love an accord at the beginning, never to lose it. Because it's so easy to lose an accord. And sometimes you work with perfumers and you love something really at the beginning, the idea, what we call the accord. And then little by little, you lose it. Mm-hmm. And it happens so many times because it's very fragile an accord at the beginning. And uh, very often I go back to trial number one and I said, you know what? I just lost what I loved and I don't even know why. And I go back to trial number one. I said, this is what I loved. And Mm -hmm. sometimes we just finish it very quickly going back to trial number one. But with Jacques, it it never happened because when we love something, he always protects it. Would you consider yourself a a nose or more like a creative director? Yeah, a creative director. Yeah. I, I could compose and I almost did. Like um, the perfume houses wanted me to become a nose. But what I felt is that I needed to cover or I needed to art direct all pieces, you know. Mm-hmm. A, a perfume is a bit like a movie. There is the script, but there is the acting and then there is the light and then there's the decor, the setting. I mean, you know, and then obviously the advertising and everything about it. So it's not only one piece. Mm-hmm. And perfume is the same, you know, it's the scent, but it's the name that expresses the emotion of the scent and the bottle and the box and everything that goes around it. And I knew that. So I felt, I thought that I would be frustrated if I was only in charge of one aspect. Were you ever working alongside somebody where the initial idea of the fragrance itself was amazing and perfect and beautiful, yeah. but the execution in the world was not at all on the level? Not so much of the, the, in the execution, but you know, when you work for big, companies, big mm-hmm. groups, there is so many people involved mm-hmm. in the creation. And to be honest, create, creation is not a democracy. <laughs> you know, you cannot, ask, you cannot ask 20 people to participate to a creation. And the problem of the big groups is that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I remember being working at in the Gucci group and I was working with uh, on the first perfume of Alexander McQueen with Alexander. And uh, we designed this bottle that I think was absolutely gorgeous, that looked like an open heart. And the name was Kingdom, uh, which was coming from a Shakespeare quote about Little Little Kingdom. And the subtitle was Pierce My Heart Again. And we have this box that is gorgeous with a red seal. It looked like an envelope with a red seal. I mean, all the pieces 
of the perfume were just fantastic. And we were working on two scents. And um, I remember we we came to present the two scents to Alexander, and Alexander wanted the scent that became Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Mm. But the president of Gucci wanted the other one, which was such a hard scent. Sandalwood, cumin, very hard scent. And Alexander was like, but I like this one. And she says, yes, but this one is better. And he was doing a lot of fitting, so he had like 12 models there. We spread the two perfumes on 12, on the 12 women, and all 12 said, I want this one, which is the one that Alexander wanted. And the president said, it's this one, the best. Oh, my goodness. And it was such a mistake. I mean, such a mistake. Perfume was never the success that it should have been. And it's hard to live with failure. But at the same time, you you learn more from failure than yeah. you love from successes. Yeah. Well, no wonder you wanted to be in the driver's seat then when it came exactly. to launching yeah. your, exactly. your line. So you came out with your line in 2007. It sounds like that's why you wanted to have the freedom and the control. Was there something else that you felt was missing at that time that you thought there was room for you to come in and offer something different? Yes. The, the thing is that, you know, the industry changed a lot with all those big corporations and the massive investments behind every launch. And uh, little by little, my feeling was that perfumes were not that creative anymore, not that exciting anymore. And uh, there was the birth of a new generation of perfumers and niche perfume houses who, who felt the need to make the customer understand that the most important part is the juice itself. So we needed to put the scent itself back on a pedestal, right? Make sure that that was the priority in the investment. So what they did is that they called the perfume by the ingredient to reinforce that it's the ingredient the most important. Mm -hmm. And because those niche perfume houses were small perfume houses, they took only a, a stock bottle, they put a sticker and a stock cap in a cardboard box, you know, because they had not a lot of means. And it was needed at, at that time. Mm -hmm. It was needed to show the customers that we cannot be spending all the money in smoke and forget the most important, which is the scent itself. But to be honest, that has never been the truth, not, never been the origin of the perfume industry. When you think about um, Chalimar from Guerlain or L'Or Bleu from Guerlain or L'Origan de Coty, I mean, the bottles were fantastic. The name were never in ingredient. When he's composing L'Or Bleu, L'Or Bleu, it's a very precise moment in Paris when the sun sets, but the, the sky is still lit. So you still see this beautiful blue sky. And for him, it was L'Or Bleu. And uh, L'Or Bleu is an homage to Paris, to, this, to his love to Paris. And when he goes to design the bottle, he goes to your designer and he talks about his love to Paris. If you look at the L'Or Bleu bottle next time, you will realize that the cap is a heart upside down. But the designer would have never thought about designing a cap upside down, expressing a heart, if the perfumer Guerlain would have not talked about his love to Paris. The name, the scent, and the bottle, it has always been a triptych combined together. Very mm -hmm. important. The storytelling. Exactly. That tells mm -hmm. the story. And when I was ready to leave all those big corporations, I was actually having dinner one night at the Baccarat restaurant in Paris. And after the dinner, I stopped by the museum. It's a tiny museum, probably the size of this room. Uh, but they were exhibiting at the time one century of perfume Baccarat bottles. And I had 
such a strong emotion that night because I realized what used to be the birth of the perfume industry. And again, I had those gorgeous bottles, engraved bottles, those satin boxes and keys and tassels and fantastic names. And I was like, but this is so amazing. Why, why can't we do that again? Someone should do it in a way that look, feel and smell contemporary. But this, this feeling, you know, this emotion, this attention to detail, this feeling of something more beautiful than life, why can't we do it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, why can't I do it? <laughs> and that was the birth of my first collection, Le Noir. I read on your website that these bottles, and they are beautiful, we're going to take lots of pictures and show them on Instagram so our listeners can see, but they're all you can reuse them. Is that right? Yeah, they're all refillable. Okay. Now, do you refill at counter or how does that work? Both. You can come with your empty bottle at the counter and we will refill it for you. Okay. So you have a fountain kind of thing? No, we will open a refill and yeah. we will do the whole manipulation for you. So okay. we make sure that we do it in an easy way for you. Yeah. Or you can order online, frankly, which is also the easiest. You order a refill online, it goes directly to, to your house and you do it at home. Yeah. We have invented a new refill system today. It was two years of engineering, but it's such an easy way and it, you don't spill one drop of perfume. You your, just can't anymore. Your colleague was telling me last night about it. There's no funnels, there's no pipettes, nothing. nothing. It's like It's like using... The gravity. Gravity. Exactly. So easy. I love that you did that, though, because it reminded me of some of the, like, Mugler, like, back in the day when they used to have the fountains. And that was so novel at that time. But it's it's luxury, but it's also kind of responsible. And I think Caron may, may have, was it Caron? Or there was another name. They used name to, yes. Years ago. So people would go to counter and be able to read. Yeah, my grandmother had that. My grandmother had a beautiful bottle with her initials engraved and she would go see her perfumer to have it refilled. Again, it's going back to the origin of perfumery. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm trying to, the idea is not to do luxury, frankly. The idea is to bring beauty to people's houses. And usually beauty requires attention to detail and um, artisanal work, and that has a cost. Mm -hmm. So that's why I made all the bottles all of my bottles refillable. Mm-hmm. So you pay a little bit more the first time, but then your second purchase is exactly like a normal purchase. Yeah, they really are like pieces of art. And now let's take a break to hear from one of our awesome show sponsors. So Carlene, you know that we have this wish list of dream guests. Mm-hmm. And at the top of our list is Jonathan Van Ness, Please, we're putting it into the universe. He needs to be on our show. Oh my gosh, I am obsessed. So if you watch Queer Eye, you know, because he's the grooming guru on that show. He's definitely on the top of our list. He's so inspiring and happy and joyful. Yeah, and in the meantime, until he gets on the mic with us, I have a way of getting more JVN in my AirPods. Okay, do tell. I've already burned through Queer Eye, so (laughs) tell me. Okay, so JVN's audiobook memoir is debuting this month. And it's narrated by JVN himself. Mm. And it's called Over the Top, A Raw Journey to Self-Love. And I just pre-ordered it on Audible. 
and it's officially coming out on September 24th. I really don't know how people narrate their own memoirs. I would just be crying for like baby me. I think you need a few takes <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I could listen to him for hours on end though. Okay, Henny. Yeah. And they do that the way he does it. I'm really excited about it based on the initial reviews. They say it's a laugh and cry out loud memoir from the beloved star sharing never before told deeply personal stories of growing up gay, transforming pain into positivity. I think that's what he's best known for and embracing what makes you gorgeously different. Sounds like a self-love pick-me-up that we all need every once in a while, right? So for Breaking Beauty listeners, Audible has an exclusive offer for you, a free 30-day trial. So you get 30 days of membership and that includes one audiobook of your choice and two Audible originals. The app is also really convenient. With Audible, you can listen anytime, anywhere on the device. Um, you can use Alexa. You can listen at the gym while you're shopping, commuting, you name it. That's right. And on top of audiobooks and Audible originals, members get access to these really cool audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. And after your free 30-day trial, it's only $14.95 per month. So start listening with your 30-day Audible trial where you'll choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. So visit audible.com slash beauty. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash beauty or text the word beauty to 500-500. And there's no commitments. That's the best part. Audible members can easily exchange any title if they don't love it at any time. Members get to keep their library of listens forever, even if you do cancel. Once again, that's audible.com slash beauty to get started or text the word beauty to 500-500. Now back to today's episode. So let's talk a little bit about the best-selling fragrance. What is your number one best-selling fragrance? It's a scent called Good Girl Gone Bad. Okay. And that is here. Yep. Tell us why this one is just taken off. Well, <laughs> if I knew how to make a success. <laughs> um, so funny enough, this is the only perfume in my collection done by Jacques Cavalier. Mm. When Jacques was... Uh, appointed uh, when I read that he was going to be the in-house perfumer for Louis Vuitton, I immediately emailed him and I said, I mean, it's not, I cannot not have a perfume from you. <laughs> and he said, you're absolutely right. He sent me five ideas the next day and I chose one called Musque de Fleur, Musk of Flowers. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to know that this is our number one seller today. It's a, it's really, um, do you know the, the French cake, the millefeuille? Yes. It's a it's millefeuille. Like a of, layers. It's exactly yeah. a thousand layers. So it's a thousand layers of flowers. That's exactly what it is. And I, I think one of the reasons it stands out today is because nobody does those big bouquet of flowers anymore. We mm -hmm. just don't. We used to do that in the 50s, 60s. We just don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. What are some of the prominent notes. Osmontus Absolute from China, mm -hmm. which is a, Jap a Chinese flower that smells like apricot and violet. Mm -hmm. uh, rose from grass, tuberose and jasmine from India, orange blossom from Morocco, Narcisse from France. Mm -hmm. Interesting tuberose back in there again. Yeah, yeah. back tuberose. <laughs> it's really soft though. I just yeah. sprayed it on. It's a, because of the cocoon of white musk. Yeah. yeah. It's really, yeah, like I can, this is a crowd pleaser for sure. I can see yeah. Yeah, why it's number one. Now let's talk about another one that's popped off that is more unique. Yeah. This one is the one that's sold out on your website right now. It's sold out 
in every store in the world right now. So it's called Love Don't Be Shy. Mm -hmm. Tell us the story about this. Well, actually, it's a scent that I created 12 years ago. So it was the first scent I launched in October 2007. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. You know that in the perfume world, the sweet category is an important category. And I wanted to do a sweet perfume, but I didn't want to do a perfume that would use the same sweet ingredients as all my competitors. And every sweet perfume on the market today is based on the same accord used by Angel. Mm-hmm, right. Same. And I, and I said to my perfumer, I want a perfume where you just want to take a bite of the woman wearing it, but don't use the same notes as in Angel. Mm-hmm. So she was looking at how can she create something sweet without using the typical sweet note of the perfume industry. And one day she was doing marshmallow for her kids. And she was using a recipe of her grandmother. So back beginning in 1902, 1905. And she's looking at the ingredients of the recipe and she's like, huh, I actually have all those ingredients in, 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 my, in my perfumery, in my perfume lab. I have all those ingredients. Mm-hmm. So she sent me an accord of marshmallow. I thought it was fantastic. And we did a bit of research. And back in the days, we used to pour orange water on the marshmallow. So that's what the Love Don't Be Shy is orange blossom with marshmallow. Okay. Yeah. And why is it sold out right now though? Because <laughs> well, you have a famous wearer, don't you? Yeah. There's a big buzz about the fact that uh, Rihanna is wearing it. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it is a bit like any gourmand scent. It is a bit of love or hate. Like I, you get that reaction the second you put it on. Either you're like falling in love with it or you're just like, it's not for you, right? I think that's a, this, the hallmark of a really good scent is that you have a reaction to it. Are you absolutely correct? Yeah. I mean, I think a perfume that tries to please to everyone mm-hmm. has no personality. Yeah, it's boring. Exactly. Yeah. It's you like have a, to take a risk. Exactly like um like like anyone, you know? Mm-hmm. I think you struck on a really important note there that a lot of the iconic scents in history have taken big risks. You know, at yeah. the time, you know, in in the context they were in, they were probably told a lot of times, don't do that, don't do that. No, that's not a good idea. They did it anyway and it became these big success stories. Um, love it or loathe it. But are there some icons out there that you can't stand to smell? Any classics that you can't be around? For sure. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to name them, but yeah. yeah, there is. Yes, there's a lot of. I mean, I think that the greatest decade in the for perfume was 1985, 1995. Mm. That for me is the greatest decade, and I, this is a decade when I was like. 1990, 1985, it's like I'm a young adult, you know, and I'm like, this is the moment where I'm studying perfume, I'm studying my accords, and it's just the biggest decade from a creative standpoint. Mm -hmm. 85 is poison, then 88 is obsession from Calvin Klein, and escape, eternity, CK1, Fahrenheit from Dior, Allure from Chanel, Paris, Kouros, from Saint Laurent, Opium, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's all the designers, Issey Miyake, Jean-Paul Gaultier, Angel. I mean, you think about yeah. it. It's just a profusion of creativity. Yeah. So when, when you are like 22, 23, you're like, oh, this is so fantastic. But think about 1995, 2005, it's just a desert of creativity. Yeah, yeah. celeb yeah. fragrance, the celeb fragrance era. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beyonce heat. Exactly, all, all this <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. So, the, yeah. but you know what? 
is a good thing for us because it it created a void, a need for more complex perfume. And this yeah. is where we came to into play. But you make a good point because at that time, you know, the fashion designers, they were allowed to kind of have their vision and have that fragrance speak for really what they were creating, where I, you know, as being a beauty editor over the past 10 years, there were so many disconnects that I would see where it was just like this, you know, this is a Calvin Klein fragrance or whatnot, but it really has nothing to do with what's on the runway. Like the bottle might, and that would happen a lot, but then you'd smell the scent and you were just like, this smells like... It doesn't go together. It does not go together at all. But that's why... Obsession, Eternity, Escape, CK1 are so great because they're mm-hmm. intimately linked yeah. to Calvin's life. You know, mm-hmm. Obsession is the time of Studio 54 and all mm-hmm. the, the drugs and the sex and of that time. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember the first advertising of, of Obsession, but you would see bodies on top mm-hmm. of each other. Oh, I remember. They mm-hmm. were on my wall, <laughs> taped to my wall. And the tagline, so you were clearly seeing almost an orgy, and the tagline was... Obsession, the smell of it. <laughs> then he got married and then, you know, it was the ring and on the, in the ring that he offered to his wife, he engraved eternity and that became the scent. Mm-hmm. CK1 was for his daughter and this new grunge generation. And that was CK1, the first unisex scent. Mm-hmm. So all the scents really mattered and they were intimately linked to his life. And afterwards, yeah, disconnect happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. So you obviously have this, you know, you were talking about the moment for niche fragrances and this void that you were filling. And you have a really novel concept that you launched last year in 2018. And these are these scented, beautiful lipsticks Mm -hmm. that we see in front of us. Tell us about why you were inspired to create these. Well, you know, it's not that far from everything I do in the perfume world. Because when you think about it, my job is always to create a scent, but the scent has always has always to must always cover a base. In the case of a perfume, an eau de parfum, the base is water and alcohol. It has no smell, so it's easy to cover. But when you create a body lotion, the scent that I'm creating has to cover a milky base. When I'm creating a shower gel or a soap, I have to cover a soap base, and the soap is strong. Mm. When I'm working on a candle, I have to cover the wax base. And again, the wax has a strong smell. So smell, scent, and base, you know, are always intertwined. So working for me on covering the scent of the wax of a lipstick was nothing new. Nothing new. Mm. The difficulty was that the concentration level is much lower. There is 2.5% concentration in the lipsticks when we are at 15 to 25 in the perfume. Second added complexity, I didn't get to try this scent <laughs> too often. <laughs> Although I did try in the privacy of my own bathroom. I'd like to see the selfies yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> no. Kissing the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> but, and we started with the scent Love Don't Be Shy because in my mind, two things I knew. One is that lipsticks have always been scented. Always. Mm-hmm. Some scent are what we call the classic lipstick scent, which is an accord of uh, rose and violet which you have in all the classic brands. Mm-hmm. People feel feel that that's the smell of lipstick. It's not the smell of lipsticks. It has become the smell of lipstick because every brand is, is doing the same scent. But when MAC launched, they actually did something completely different. They went for a pure vanilla extract mm-hmm. scent. Unmistakable. Right? Oh, yes, Unmistakable. Exactly. Lip gloss, yeah. I can, I'll know it from my So away. in my yeah. mind, I knew that vanilla 
was largely accepted because Mike is the number one makeup, I mean, lipstick brand in the world. So I was thinking, what perfume in my collection has a strong vanilla base, but more complex, more elevated? And Love That Mishai is exactly that because the marshmallow accord starts with an overdose of vanilla. Yeah. 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 Amazing. And you also have scented jewelry, yeah. which is quite novel as well. Yes. So for the 10 year anniversary of the brand two years ago, I did a few collaborations with friends of mine. The uh, scented jewelry collaboration is with um, a friend of mine named Eli Top. He used he was the um, jewelry designer for Albert Elbaz at Lanvin oh, yeah. for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I always loved his jewelry. Yeah, Lanvin had great jewelry at yeah, that time. Yeah, great jewelry. So for the, for the 10 year anniversary, because he's a very good friend of mine, we collaborated and created those stunning pieces. There was a capsule collection. It's so cool because I've I've had I've seen, you know, the necklaces with the locket. I've had yeah. those before, but you actually have earrings and rings and so yeah. it's sort of slide what is it slide yeah, to the it's side slide and then and you- place a ceramic stone that can be sprayed with any perfume of your choice. Cool. Oh, I just assumed it was a solid, like a cream, solid no, scent inside. No, it's a ceramic stone oh. and you can spray it with actually the perfume of your choice. And we have a lot of women who actually love perfume, but say, I cannot wear perfume because it gives me an allergic reaction. That's me. And that's, that's, a, great alter- legs, that's a great alternative because the perfume is never in contact with your skin. Right. Love but you it. get whips of the perfume that's every time you move. Idea. Now you have a new scent. It's right in front of you. It's on your website right now and it's yep. coming into stores in October, I do believe. Yep. So tell us about this beautiful red scent in front of you. So it's called Rolling in Love. Mm -hmm. The idea is when you love someone so much that you have this person under your skin, you know. And I wanted to have a perfume that would be what we call in our perfume industry a skin scent, Mm -hmm. which means a perfume that almost changes on everyone's skin. And I also wanted a perfume that would be a complete departure from everything I have created in the last 12 years. To tell you the truth, I, I had approved another scent for Rolling in Love. And, you know, when you have a little voice in the back of your head that keeps coming back, I always had a little voice that kept telling me, it's not great, you know, you're not completely proud of this perfume. Mm-hmm. You're not completely proud of this perfume. And in October last year, I was in Barcelona and I was visiting the Picasso Museum, which is the only museum that Picasso supervised while he was alive. So you really see the evolution of all his periods. And suddenly you have this this humongous break, which is the the arrival of Cubism. And I and I kept thinking, you know, how strong and how adventurous and courageous you have to be to to stop doing something that is highly successful, in order to think to and think deeply that what you have done is the past and the future, and it's not the future. And I had always a bit the same feeling that my scents, because my scents are very complex, you know, with multi-layers. And I have the feeling that these multi-layers, but I needed something different. And I called a perfumer uh, named Pascal Gorin that I work very closely in New York. And I told him that I wanted a scent that would be completely drastically different with everything I have created in the past. I didn't want a perfume in the classical sense. I wanted a note more than a perfume. And I wanted a monochromatic scent with different textures. And because I wanted a skin perfume, we knew very quickly that the base was going to be white musk. 
So 50% of the formula, it's a combination of seven different white musks that allow the perfume to change on everyone's skins. So once that I knew my, my base was white, we started layering different textures of white. And we did that by adding ambrette absolute seeds, um, almond milk, oris flower, white freesias, tonka bean absolute. And little by little, we composed this scent that for me, it's drastically different with everything I have done. Okay, so it's, smell it's, this, pass it over. So I'm really happy because the first response that I'm having has been amazing, mm -hmm. which is a bit of a... <laughs> 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 because, you know, when you do such a drastic change in your style, you'd never know if your, your customer is going to mm -hmm. follow you or not. Yeah. I need to go back for just a second because I read with your lipsticks, and I, I can't stop looking at those as well, that it said first foray into makeup. Correct. Is there going to be more? Yes. Oh. There is 10 more shades coming in February. Mm -hmm. There is uh, eyeshadows, powder. I mean, to be honest, we launched in February last year. Six weeks later, we're out of stock. Wow. We're still out of stock until on, on a few shades until back. We're back in stock in November. Wow. Yeah, it's been it's been. I mean, it's been. The shades are gorgeous. Thank I'm you. a fool for Matt. Only reds. Um, yeah. old, uh, that's what I like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, I know I have to expand a bit my palette, but, mm -hmm. uh, the next 10 shades have more reds mm -hmm. and reds with a slightly more pink yeah, and, and, um, highly pigmented nudes. Okay. And some little bit more brownish. Yeah. Now, do you have a friend makeup artist who's working on this with you? No. You don't? No. no. No, we're working with Estee Lauder uh, Research and Development. Yeah. And uh, with a friend of mine who was my counterpart at Giorgio Armani. She was the creative director for makeup when I was a creative okay. director for perfume. I do have one final question. Yeah. You've collaborated with so many amazing people, creative directors, designers. Um, is there a piece of advice from any of those incredible people who have been mentors to you that you, that sort of informs your decision-making or um, how you run your business that you use as sort of like a checkpoint? Actually, I don't. <laughs> I enjoy working with everyone, but I think you have to find your own path. You have to find your own way to come up with true creations. So everyone has its way, his own style. I enjoyed watching, observing, but not necessarily learning from it. Mm -hmm. Spoken like a true creative director. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Visit BreakingBeautyPodcast.com for details on all the damn good products we talked about in today's episode. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter. That way you'll get every episode delivered right to your inbox. You won't miss a single thing. Or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast fix. And please show us some love by rating us or reviewing us in iTunes. See you next time. Like a cherry bomb, like a cherry bomb.